BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Monday morning. Birds fans, this is Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And you got Mac and Mac in the house. That would be John McMullen and Jody McDonald as we get back to work. Or at least we hope that's the case with the Philadelphia Eagles. Still got a couple more days off because they don't play till Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. But a bye week weekend, Johnny Mac. So we got to watch football and not have to worry about the outcome of the Birds game, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I wanted to watch full games because I hate watching Red Zone, uh, you know, because I don't think you get a feel for the games. And I don't get to watch many games. So, you know, I'm usually at a game, usually at a stadium, um, and I don't get to sit down and watch. So, But I couldn't because the, the games they put on were such absolute dreck. Uh, I had to watch uh, Red Zone, so. That's the way I went about it. Uh, you know, a little disappointed with Jacksonville. They got totally blitzed by the 49ers. And then, you know, the late window, Cowboys, Giants, you know why they put them on? Because it's the Cowboys and Giants. And I'm saying to myself, Jody, was that the only 425 game? Can they not bow out of that? 
or something else, or do they have to? Uh, I don't know if do they, they have, have another, to keep that. I, they don't have to, but I don't even know. Did they have another Fox game? I, I don't know. They kept playing the the Lions Chargers highlights, so I I know that was a Fox game, and man, that was one of the looked like one of the best games of the year, at least offensive wise, going back and forth. That would have been fun to watch. Uh, didn't get an opportunity, and obviously. The Raiders and Jets offensively challenged both of them. Uh, uh, just, you know, that was a tough watch as well. So, but if you're an Eagles fan, you got to sit back and watch. And it's interesting. You know, the Eagles came into the week with the best record. They leave the week with the best record, as usual. Uh, 28 straight weeks, whatever we are at now. Um, but I don't know. San Francisco looked pretty impressive. And I don't know what to think about Dallas because that Giants team, that's the worst team in football. We were taught that's the worst team in football. And they're an absolute mess. And players are now fighting with coaches. Our buddy Pat Leonard, I saw him writing about that this morning. Um, yeah, I mean, things have taken a dark turn for the New York Giants. And, um, you know, at least the Jets can take solace in the fact that they would be a good team if they didn't lose their quarterback. Now, they should have done a better job, and they should do a better job. And news came out that they could have had Carson Wentz. And I don't know if Carson Wentz has anything left, but you see what Josh Dobbs is doing in Minnesota. I mean, at least try something. You have, you have that defense. Try something. They gave the stat last night at the end of the game, and uh, reading Peter King this morning, he added to it. The Jets in their last 35 possessions, 35 possessions are 0 for scoring touchdowns. They are 0 for 35 in their last 35 possessions and scoring touchdowns, yet Zach Wilson will start again next week. And if I were uh, the Johnson brothers, the owner of the Jets, I got to fire Robert Sala and Joe Douglas today. How how do you just keep putting him back out there week after week after week? And I know Joe Douglas put that defense together and he's done a really good job drafting, but he's the general manager. He's got to walk into the coach's office and say, get him off the field. How do they continue to play Zach Wilson week in and week out when he can't? I don't know that he would score a touchdown if he was out there with no defense playing. I think he'd find a way. I think he would. I think he would. I think he might, <laughs> with that big arm, he might find a way to overthrow his receiver in the back of the end zone <laughs> with nobody playing defense. It's it's really, really, really depressing as a uh, Jet fan. But uh, with, the Jets are, are not a worry of the Eagles. The only thing that kind of, well, I shouldn't say that. How did the Jets, how did the Eagles lose to the Jets with Zach Wilson at quarterback? I know, it's kind of amazing. This league, I was thinking about it because, you know, this is a week that you can sit back and think, and we always call this a week-to-week league. It's really a situation-to-situation league. Um, you look at the 49ers struggling for three consecutive weeks. All of a sudden, Trent Williams shows back. By the way, Trent Williams is one of the great players of all time, of all time. He shows up. Debo shows up. Um, Chase Young now is back with Nick Bosa. All of a sudden, they look like, oh, uh, that's a pretty good team. Um, So it's, I'm calling it situation to situation. And and the Cowboys look like world beaters against the worst team in football. Um, How meaningful is that? Not not very meaningful to me. 
In fact, the first thing I watched the first drive, I think, I think it was the first drive. The Cowboys went right down the field at fourth and goal. And, and Dak Prescott kills the play from pass to run, and he runs right at Dexter Lawrence, which is basically the only thing the Giants have. And I keep thinking about situational football and what I criticized him for in Philadelphia. And he's doing that on the – I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's literally all they have. And you're killing the pass to run right at him? I, 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 yeah, but he kind of came back and threw for 400 yards and scored. Yeah, I know. And that's what people, but my whole point is that's the Giants. That's an awful thing. It's about the decision. That's what bothers me. The decision. And if he does that against a good team, it'll hurt him. And yeah, but people aren't going to pay attention because they rolled up whatever, 600 yards offense, whatever they ended up with. But I get it because all people care about is numbers and stats. and But that's a horrible decision when if you're in a big game in a big situation and you're making the same decision against a good team, it's going to cost you a game. That's why I, I, I have a problem with it. Understood, uh, but I, I'm not going to beat up on the Cowboys in a week they won by 35 points. And, oh, by the way, Eagles going to Dallas a couple of weeks from now. The Cowboys have now won, I think, 12 in a row at home from last year into yeah. this year. And it's longer than any of Jimmy Johnson's Super Bowl winning Cowboys teams won in consecutive games at home. So they are legitimately good in their own uh, the fact that the, the final score was what it was, the fact that Dak made a terrible read in the first quarter and checked on a play, all that's irrelevant. They they have been very good at home. Now the Eagles need to keep winning to keep their distance between them and the Cowboys because that's going to be a tough spot for them to have to go down and play. And, yeah, it wasn't a great day for the Eagles if you're just sitting at home and watching because Cowboys won. You knew they were going to win. How much they won by irrelevant, but they did win. Uh, the 49ers look like the 49ers again. And for those of you who are uh, sticking your tongue out and go, see, I told you Brock Purdy isn't all that good. Oh, he gets Debo Samuel and Trent Williams back. Guess what? He's back to an MVP candidate. Yeah, he is that good. Uh, the I Lions. Didn't go that far, but he looked a lot better. But I wouldn't put him I in get, the MVP John, conversation. I got a question for you, John. That whole <laughs> PFF uh, interceptable balls. The, That's not that, only that. They, they're not the only ones who do that. Uh, okay. Uh, Turnover-worthy well, throws. Turnover-worthy throws. Aren't some of the best throws in all of the NFL on a weekend, weekend basis, turnover-worthy throws? Is that how, is that completely subjective that someone checks a video and says, oh, I see that as turnover-worthy? And the guy makes a catch and takes it to the house from 40 yards out. Is that considered a negative play because it was turnover-worthy? Uh, it's not necessarily considered a negative play. It's just used as, again, I, I think people overreact to certain whatever. You, I, I don't even like the term analytics. Um, I prefer data science, I think. And, and even ana, I've told analytics people that. I think you should, you should get away from that branding um, because I think it, it, it it brings up a, a a negative connotation for a whole group of people, um, and all it does is give you information. Um, and if you have a bunch of them, it's worse than if you don't have a bunch of them. But you're right in the aspect of, you know, certain coaches 
value trying to make a big play versus being conservative. Like Mike Zimmer was ultra conservative. Like he didn't want Kirk Cousins taking chances. Um, now Kevin O'Connell's there. He wants some taking chances. Now he's hurt, but you get my point. Yeah. I, it's a different, different mindset, but the, the, the stat itself is used not to define a player. Brock Purdy's played very well. I'm just limited. Look, he's not an MVP candidate. That's all I'm saying. MVP candidates are, are, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. That was a bad loss by Baltimore. I, 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 uh, put the kibosh on them, said they were the best team in football coming in. They looked like it for the first quarter and a half or whatever. And they then they kind of, uh, but that Cleveland defense is good. They're still scoring points, but those are MVP candidates. I'm not, I mean, the guy's now, doing how far, a, how far down would you go draw the line and say, all right, this is where a guy's not truly an MVP candidate. How many would you have to list before you do the line? Well, if you have Here no are the chance. candidates above the line or candidates above below the line are not really candidates. If you have no chance to be the MVP, you're not an MVP candidate. Like, I don't even consider A.J. Brown an MVP candidate uh, because he's got no chance to win it. You can you can argue he should, and that's a different conversation. I might even agree with that. But it's a quarterback award now, let's mm-hmm. be honest, and you have to be – if you do win it, I always go back to AP, Adrian Peterson. I think he was the last uh, non-quarterback to win it. Right. Um, you have to be so much better than everybody else at your position to be in the conversation. And even that's a different era. And you have Tyreek Hill. So I say the same thing about Tyreek Hill. He's not a legitimate MVP candidate. Should he be? Yeah, probably. So with AJ. But if you don't have a chance, that's my definition. You can have a different definition. No, if you I, don't have a chance to win it, you're not an MVP candidate. Uh, that's fine. I get where you're coming from. So I'll once again ask my question. How many MVP candidates are there in John McMullen's mind? Um, Probably four right now. Uh, I still think two is on the back end um, because of his numbers and how explosive if they if Miami goes off on a wild run uh which I don't think they're going to but uh, other than that I yeah I've cobbled it down to 3 right, right so now you're down I, to I don't three. think I'm missing Mahomes anything. Lamar Jalen that's it yes so you got three yes. kids. all right if you're going to be that strict I could be missing I'm the doing only this ones off who the only get three then you're right Brock Purdy's not an MVP candidate my list goes a little bit further than you I'm not cutting off at three I'd go a little bit deeper at this stage with a half a season to play and I would still have him have him as one of the candidates he's the top again I know you're not a fan of quarterback ratings I think it's the worst that we have except for every other one which makes it the best and he's the top rated quarterback in the NFL. So, and it's his team is at six and three. So they're in the mix. It's not like we've got a nine and O team. Uh, I, I would still have him, have him as an MVP candidate played uh, well again yesterday, but the key for San Francisco was that defense came back. Everybody looks at the offense and uh, oh, yeah, Brock Purdy stinks again. Now uh, he gets Steve Samuel and Trent Williams back. All of a sudden he's good again. But the last couple of weeks, their defense was supposed to be the best in the national football league. Gave up big drives at big times. And Bosa wasn't looking like Bosa's supposed to look like 
that San Francisco defense came back big time against a pretty damn good Jags offense with Trevor Lawrence yesterday. Yeah, the last thing you want is Chase Young finding the you know the old Ohio State mojo with uh, Nick Bosa, and it looked like that on occasion. Um, that was a great pickup for them. Um, yeah, they're they're they struggled obviously defensively, but uh, everybody struggles defensively against good. I I was the difference to me the modern era the the old time is defense used to beat offense now good offense beats good defense so if you're pacing a good offense and i say and they can block you anybody they're, they're going to score i don't care how much talent and they have a ton of talent on defense a ton of talent and and i think that's what happened for a little while but uh overall they're going to have a, a very good defense comparatively speaking to everybody else and only got better with chase young um and if it keeps getting better, the one thing, and I talk about situation, matchups, whatever you want to call it, I think the Eagles are better, better equipped to play them than they are to play the Eagles because the Eagles have a good offensive line um, to, to help combat that front. Um, San Francisco's offensive line is Trent Williams and a bunch of other guys. Now, I always say Tr Josh Sweat's going to have trouble on that particular day because I don't know if you saw the one Trent Williams play, but I, I and and he kind of joked about it. It's it's on Twitter. He he never saw anybody run away from him before. <laughs> the poor cornerback was running away from him. I've never seen that. He is one of the best tackles that ever lived, ever lived. Exactly. He is just such a dominant player. Um, he makes such a difference, but. The rest of their offensive line is not equipped to handle the Eagles' defensive line. And I go back to quarterback. I'd rather have the Eagles' quarterback. So um, th those are two of the three big ones. And the Eagles have the great defense. So they, they kind of mirror each other. The Eagles have the great defensive front. They have the great defensive front. But I think the Eagles are better equipped to handle San Francisco's front than vice versa. And we saw what happened when they don't have Trent Williams. He is truly the domino when he goes down everything else goes down when he's up he seems to lift that san francisco offensive line don't have the names don't have the talent that the 40 that the eagles do but uh their offensive line just seems to play so much better when he's there all right he's john mcmullen i'm jody mcdonald we're gonna go on talking birds but we're gonna dip into the other teams around football because the Eagles didn't play this week, and they're not going to practice for another couple of days. And eventually, they're going to have to get prepared for the Kansas City Chiefs, which I think comes – we talked a lot before the year started about the schedule maker, how he laid it out and everything else, and the gauntlet the Eagles got to go through. I think a big plus for the Eagles is it, – it's a plus and a minus at the same time. The bye is perfectly situated. Leading into the Chiefs, the revenge game from last year – Gives Nick Sirianni a perfect thing to hang his hat on the revenge aspect of the Super Bowl. Except uh, yeah. Andy Reid on the bye. Yeah, that's um, that's the and, minus. And, I said and, it's and, a plus and a minus. Yeah. The minus is that the Chiefs are also on the bye, and Andy Reid might be the great. You know why the Eagles have the advantage, Jody? Travis Kelsey went to Buenos Aires. How dare he leave the team facility on his bye week? How dare he? He's not working 24-7. To get the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl, he's going to see his girlfriend in Argentina. How can he do that, Jody McDonald? 
somehow I think he'll be ready for the game come Monday night against the, just a guess on my part against the Eagles. I think Travis Kelsey will be okay, even though he shirked his responsibilities of staying within driving distance of the facilities. Couldn't actually go to the facilities, hang out with the coaches, but if you're in the driving facility hope, of it, you're I more prepared. I hope people picked up my sarcasm. There. I, I, I surely did. I All right, uh, the sarcastic one. Jeff Carr joins us next. Mr. CBS Sports coverage of the NFL. He's up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Look who's in the house. Now, I dare you not to hit the like button right here, right now. How can you not like Jeff Carr joining us here on a Monday on Birds 365? We'll see if that works. I'm always trying to sucker him in to hit that like button somehow. Jeff Carr, are you going to help us do that? Uh, I'll give you one. So on Twitter yesterday, or X or whatever you want to call uh, that's it. John- your, uh, that's your first mistake, but go ahead. Well, I decided to get 
Uh, Eagles fans riled up. Cowboys fans riled up. This is the first of my two controversial tweets here. Okay. The first one was, and I mean it in my heart of hearts, as a Penn State alum and a Penn State football fan. The Cowboys are the Penn State of the NFL. They beat up on all the bad teams, every single bad team. They look great. They're going to the Super Bowl. That's right. That's that, right. That's a good. I like the that analogy. They like run. Up, they run up and down the field against the Giants, and yeah. they did. They ran up and down the field against the Eagles. Oh, except one problem. They can beat the Eagles just like Penn State. They can't beat Ohio State. They can't beat Michigan. The two good teams on their schedule. But the Dallas Cowboys, they they do the same thing. Beat up on all the bad teams. Can't beat the Eagles. Can't beat the 49ers. What do you guys say to that? Yeah, I absolutely. By the way, I should have added him to my, and I don't believe it, but Dak Prescott to the MVP conversation because of the numbers and the Cowboys and all the nonsense, but it's not real. I didn't mention this to you guys last week. This is why I don't think Dak is ultimately ever going to win a Super Bowl. I still say Dak cares more about throwing a pass inside of the end zone and not throwing a pick than actually throwing it into the end zone off the chance it might get picked in a 28 Yeah, we were talking about turnover-worthy plays. There are more conservative quarterbacks, and there are guys who will take chances. Brett Favre being probably the best, the ultimate uh, gambler. Kenny Rogers of quarterbacks. I'd love to know how many turnover-worthy plays Patrick Mahomes takes every single week. He only wins the MVP, but he throws the ball up for grabs. Yeah, well, he's, he, he's also he He throws it. He puts it at risk all the time, and he's the best player in the game. Patrick Mahomes is Steph Curry. That's what Patrick Mahomes is. That's a good analogy. Patrick Mahomes that. is different than everybody else. He changed the game. He's got terrible mechanics. Um, he he throws turnover worthy plays. You're right, Jody. He's got the arm to handle it, just like Brett Favre did back in the day. Other quarterbacks can't do what Patrick Mahomes can do. That's why Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. No offense to your guy, but he can't do what Patrick Mahomes does. That's the point of why if you're the you're 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 a normal quarterback, you can't play the way Patrick Mahomes does. Just like if you're in an NBA game and you take a 30-footer you'll get your ass put on the bench because you're not Steph Curry. (laughs) That's why. That's why. That's why it's different. But, yeah, there were plenty of people, and I got got freezing cold Tate. I thought it was ironic, and I'm in the book, thanks to the the freezing. Because I, I said coming into the draft, Patrick Mahomes had horrible mechanics. I wasn't wrong, by the way. He still does, but it doesn't matter. He overcomes them. That's why, that's why I uh, try and put in proper context. Uh, Brock Purdy is not a, a star NFL quarterback because he has turnover-worthy plays. I don't care. You can tell me about the results. Turnover-worthy is the most. He had a play yesterday, Jody, where I thought it was going to yeah. get picked in well, the end. Well, the first touchdown, you're like, what the hell is he doing? And he got a touchdown, touchdown out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll weigh a little bit more heavily on the result of the play than – was it actually turnover worthy? Uh, I just think that's a foolish way to state things. And, and No, because you're looking, it's not for NFL teams because you're trying to be predictive. And to say, oh, you're playing on a particular week and you make a bad throw and it turns into a touchdown, doesn't mean that's going to be the case down the road. If you make bad throws, the whole point of it is 
trying to best you can trying to predict the future because the past doesn't matter. The future, if the more bad throws you make, the more bad things are going to happen. The more good throws you make, the more good things are going to happen. That doesn't mean good throws aren't intercepted, by the way. Everything, anything can happen, but it's common sense. The more good throws, the more good things happen. The more bad throws, the more bad things And happen. here's where I'll disagree with, quote unquote, your common sense. I'll look at the results. When you're saying a bad throw, a good throw, that would be subjective. Someone is sitting there and deciding, oh, I think that's a good throw. I think that's a bad throw. I don't think it's a good throw. I don't think it's a bad throw. We can disagree. You can't disagree with a result. Once the game, once the play's over, it's been decided. It is what it is. Well, I'll lean much more heavily on results. No, nobody's taking a subjective, subjective a, a, a mediocre turnover, turnover worthy plays are not. Um, they're not uh, on the deciding line. Nobody's saying, "Oh, that might be a bad throw. That might that's a bad throw." And 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 no one's saying a good throw is a bad throw because maybe the receiver dropped the football or maybe the it, it bounced off the receiver's helmet and somebody intercepted and took it back the other way for 98 yards. It works both ways. Nobody's blaming the court. Well, fans will blame the quarterback, fans who just read the box score, but coaches aren't blaming quarterbacks who make good throws. And again, the ball hits the receiver and the helmet goes the other way. Jeff, help me out here. Turnover-worthy throws are a predictive measurement. It isn't designed to say, hey, what, what Kyle Shanahan is doing is saying, yeah, probably don't do that again. That's what he's doing. That's it. It's a predictive. He's, he's not going to bench him. He's not going to do anything. He's just saying, that's probably not going to work all, all the time. So you use it as a teaching tool to move forward, and he's still a very young quarterback, and hopefully he learns from it. But the point is, if you continuously do that, you're going to get bitten by it. That's the only point of it. Oh, I agree. And I'll say this from being competitive in another sport, bowling, where I can't throw a strike right now because I'm making bad shots. But there were times I was doing this a month ago, and I was scoring. It does bad shots mean bad plays. It's in basketball, it's in bowling, it's in football. Bad throws equal bad plays. And Brock Purdy does that against the Lions or the Eagles or the Cowboys. That's probably a pick. Uh, and the Jaguars are a good opportunistic defense. It's, if he does that play nine times out of ten, it's probably a pick. It, it, it wasn't a good throw, but it made it work and changed the momentum of that football game. I, I mean, look, Jody, I agree with the result, too, to an extent. But there is a stat I always look up every week, interceptable balls or balls that should have been picked. Brock Purdy is among the league leaders in that. Well, and and who compiles that? I, I'd like to know. The uh, analytic I, people, the smart people. That's what they, they tell oh, me. Okay. Uh, the Ivy Leaguers. Yeah. Good. The, the Ivy Leaguers are going to win the who, – who are the analytic people of the Ivy Leaguers who are going to win – uh, Lombardi Trophy this year. I'm sorry, I, 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 you're not gonna you're not gonna win me. Oh, over the Eagles got Eagles. And oh, by the way, if Brock Purdy tries that against the Eagles uh, nickel corner, he might be able to pull it off again. You say if he does it against the Eagles, it's gonna depends get who it depends not, who it is. Not, not yeah, Bradley Roby's coming back this week. Yeah. That's Quick exciting. quiz for both of you: How many snaps has Bradley Roby played this year for the Eagles? Um, can I'll say twenty-seven. 
No more than that, but not much. I think he's in the 40s. Is he uh, in the 40s? I think. It would be a grand total of 50 over two oh. games. Uh, he 50 snaps. So he's the savior of the Eagle season. A guy who's played 50 snaps over the first nine weeks of the season. We're, real, we're it, really going there? Safe. The Eagles are eight and one. They don't need a savior. They need a competent nickelback. I think he's going to be a competent nickelback. They already have the the stars in place. They just need to get a little bit better at the nickel position. Ultimately, I think Bradley Ro Look, all I say is Bradley Roby is going to be better than Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks. That's a very low bar, but that's that's the bar. Mario Goodrich is a lower bar. the tallest midget in the circus. Yeah. Uh, if that's what your bar is, you got to be better than uh, Ricks and, and Sydney playing out, you, of, two, you know what, Jody, out of position, the, guys. You know what, Jody? If the midget can perform, who cares? Well, he, I, the, the season isn't over. They're in great position. At, they're 8-1. I'm getting. I'm actually getting tired of saying this. I, I love it because it's Jalen Hurts, but um, got to keep the main thing the main thing. And they're eight and one. And you always got to come back to that. Yeah, they got issues at the corner. Yeah, they get injuries. Yeah, they got that. But they're eight and one. So you always have to try and remember to jump back to their eight and one. But we can in the bye week. That's what we do during the bye week is analyze, if not overanalyze, the fact that the Eagles have reached the bye week eight and one. Well, when you watch these other teams in the league, and I'm talking about like maybe the 500 teams, like Atlanta's not a 500 team, but I'll use them as an example. They suck. They are not good at all. And this is a 500 team. The Saints are a 500 team. They're not good. The Eagles would beat these teams by 10, 15 points. I, I, I am convinced of that. Maybe even more than that. The Eagles haven't beaten anybody by 10 or 15 points, have they? They're, they're winning, though. They're keeping 14. the main thing the main They thing. beat Miami, ironically, by two touchdowns. Yeah, well, Miami, Miami's like the Cowboys. They can't beat anybody good either. Yeah, I, I, you know, Atlanta, I think they have some talent. I think. I think they got a bad coach. You know, I I go back to, man, that obviously Jeffrey Lurie was late in the process. He was deciding, he was hedging whether he should fire Doug Peterson, understandably so because of what Doug had done here. And he fired him very late. And I think people forget, the Eagles wanted to interview Arthur Smith. They wanted yep. to interview and got to interview Robert Sala. They wanted to interview... Brandon Staley, those were the hot candidates at the time. Think about that. Think I got a Brandon Staley stat for you, John. You know the, the the Chargers are the only team in NFL history to Brandon score. Staley turned down the Eagles. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They're the only team in NFL history to score on a touchdown on every possession with 40 minutes left in the game, and they lost. <laughs> And he's a defensive guy, by the way. And he's a defensive guy, exactly. Fangio guy, by the way. Justin Herbert, they they have scored 1,502 points with Justin Herbert in Justin Herbert starts at quarterback and allowed the exact same amount. That is incredible. That's, yeah. What a franchise. How he was ever one of the top candidates, I don't know. But I'll get the opinion on both of you guys. Who will be the hottest candidate this offseason? Because I absolutely positively know who's going to be on top of the file. Oh, boy. I haven't started to think about it. That's a good question. Um, That's a good question. 
I, I, I have a feeling Jody knows the answer. Already. Lock. Lock. I, I, lock top her, candidate. In personally, the I, I think it's Ben Johnson. Alone. Exactly oh, right. Yeah. It's going to be ben. ben Johnson. I love he ben will John. be the number one candidate forever. And, and the Lions will be heading into the postseason. So we're going to get into the ooh, when can you talk to him thing again. You got the week off. You can uh, virtually interview him, but you can't bring him into the building. Oh, it'll be a big fall. They changed the rules this year, again. too. They changed the rules. Um, I forget what they changed it to. I haven't gotten into all the the muck of the offseason coaching, although maybe I should because, you know, people are trying to get Bill Belichick fired on the plane ride home from um, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, who, by the way, I think the fans in Frankfurt are going to ban professional football. I mean, my God. That's atrocity. Yeah. No, um, they'll, they'll keep doing it just so they can sing West Virginia, Rocky Mountain. They just get nuts every single time. I, isn't, I, it, isn't it Take Me Home Country Roads? Yeah, right right, exactly. Um, I, I didn't correctly state the title of the song. Sorry. Um, <laughs> did you know that John Denver was German? That's why they sing that? No. I, I had no I idea. His I have no idea like, why people. Uh, when did that become a thing? What college does that? That, that? There's a big college that does. West Virginia does it. I just mentioned. oh, it is West Virginia. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Then I like, understand. I'm going. Why the hell are they singing that song in Germany during a football game? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why West Virginia does it. I I don't get it. No, like, why I, is Penn the song about swing... West Virginia? So I I get it. Why is oh, it's the song. I didn't. I didn't know the song was about West. Yeah. Virginia. Why is Penn State sing Sweet Caroline? <laughs> when do we ever have good times? Well, people steal, you know, uh, who did it first? Red Sox or Penn Red State? Sox. Red Sox. Oh, did. Red Sox Absolutely. did. Red so- yeah. I, I want to say Penn State started in the late 70s. Wisconsin stole jump around. And not that everybody doesn't do jump but that's pretty cool when 100,000 people do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember when they came back from the pandemic. Um, and they who did, did that. Who did they steal it from? Who did it before them? I always thought it was with every N- NBA arena in the country. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know who did it first, but every NBA team does that. Um maybe, not, maybe not, Wisconsin. I was gonna say, not like not on every given night. It's every game at Wisconsin. If they're if they're losing in the NBA, you don't get that song. I can guarantee you that. They do it in Wisconsin, whether they're winning or losing, they do it every single week. That's dedication. That you get credit for it. It's creating it. If you if you're so dedicated that you well, the song is also not that old. I mean, it, yeah, nineteen ninety three it came out. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Wisconsin been doing it pretty much the whole time. Uh, so I give them credit. All right, uh, yesterday results. San Francisco looks good. Comes back after a three game losing streak. Lions beat that stiff Staley out there in Los Angeles. <laughs> And uh, the all of a sudden, the Cowboys can beat the snot out of somebody, and they beat up the Giants. Which of those three teams worries you most heading into the second half of the season? It's Eagle competition, Jeff. I said, I said yesterday, the Lions are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC. I don't care. They're the team that's a game back. They're the team that doesn't have to play the Eagles. They they're the team that has the easy schedule. If there is a threat for the number one seed in the NFC, is the Detroit Lions. I'm going to stick by that. Uh, Look, Eagles, uh, I agree with the threat to the number one seed, and that's why that's where I was going with. People don't yeah. look at it like, oh, yeah, yeah, Eagles are gonna beat them. Ah! Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they're seven. The to biggest two. threat to knock yeah. off the Eagles remains the 49ers, though, in my estimation. Um, if they're healthy coming yeah. into it, but game. the Eagles can also beat them and 
put them in an even deeper. Oh, I think the Eagles, Matt, I said, if you forced me to pick them, we did that a couple weeks ago. Um, I said Eagles because they just match up better than San Francisco matches up with them. But they are the most gift, the most talented team, um, arguably from two to 53 in the NFL. Um, but I think the Eagles have the quarterback, the offensive line, the defensive. Line. You know what scares me about the Lions, honestly? They have a good offensive line. They're probably just as good as the Eagles. I, it's crazy to think that, but they do. Yeah, their offensive line is great. I've been talking about it for years. Jody knows. It's phenomenal. And um, and Dan Campbell is crazy. Like, he and they literally just goes for people. Yeah. yeah he I, goes I, for a fourth down more than Nick does. <laughs> they won a game last year. I forget which game it was with uh, Penay Sewell uh, running a tackle eligible, which goes back to he Ben Johnson. He caught a pass. He was an eligible yeah, tackle. Yeah, that's what I mean. On a fourth down. On yeah. fourth down to win a game. Um, yeah, they're doing stuff that's – and, that you know – this works with the Eagles as well, but they've taken it to even farther lengths. When you when you go for it on fourth down, it puts so much pressure on the opposing defense when you're willing to do that. Think about it. it it's We've gotten into too much numbers crunching. You got to get 10 yards. That's two and a half yards a down. Um, you, a bad offense should be able to do that. You put so much stress. I saw it yesterday a couple times where you have, and Jim Swartz used to do this, and 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 I have tremendous respect for for Jim Swartz with the with the picket fence and all that. Fans hated it. The problem with that now is you have so many teams willing to go for it. So you know you not only have to stop a team on third and thirteen or whatever, you can't let them get close. In other words, if it's fourth and two with the Eagles or the Lions, they're going for it in plus territory. My, my so, favorite part of that game yesterday, by the way, was Dan Campbell going for it fourth and two on his on the twenty eight when he got a Riley Patterson kick. But he he said right to the game, Justin Herbert was not getting the ball back, so yeah. he's he went for broke and he got it and got to run the clock down and one. That, yeah, I, that's I a ballsy. It. That's a ballsy decision because well, if they don't get it, he's going to get murdered. But well, uh, he went for it three times on fourth down and one possession, and still didn't get the touchdown. He didn't get the fourth and goal, but he got a fourth and six and a fourth and five earlier on the same possession. Yeah, it puts so much pressure on the opposing defense because you not only have to stop them on third down, you have to stop them from getting close on third down. And I don't think enough teams have picked up on that, to be honest. Um, because if you just play picket fence, like back, that's why I brought up Jim. Well, if you're going to let them get to within a yard or two, you got to stop them again. And now they're in a manageable situation. So, I about anyway. Brian Dable yesterday going for it on fourth and goal early in the game. And then when the game's way out of hand, he kicks. Yeah, at that point, uh, well. he, he's just he's just <laughs> trying to give his young quarterback, who unfortunately for the Giants has to play again next week, a little something to build on. The game was was that's well your over. coach of the year, by the way. That was the hey, the, he the did a great of, job. It doesn't change the fact that he did. A he great did a great job, job for two. for seven games. He did a great job for seven games, and then they played people, and then they lost. Well, I thought they were one of the worst teams 
in football coming into last year. And they I thought they the were one of the worst teams in football a, last year, and they won nine games. And they won a playoff, and they won a playoff game. And I thought it was a to a certain degree a mirage, but I think that's a good coaching job when you get a team that that's limited to that position. So I don't think I don't think Brian Dayball became a bad coach. Um, he's I got he's down to his third team. string quarterback, who's Tommy DeBito. I mean, the Goodfellas guy. Yeah, he's better. He should, no, no. If he would, the, the Goodfellas guys don't still live at home and have their mother make their bed, which Tommy DeVito admitted yesterday. Hey, you know what? He's he still might living be a at home. His mom's cooking him pasta, and she makes his bed on a day. Well, day by the way, if he was a good fella, he'd get whacked after that performance because he, yeah, oh. he, he embarrassed whole the bunch, family. He embarrassed the family. Yeah, can I guys. pat myself on the back here? I called the Giants being terrible this year and the Patriots being terrible. Oh, I think, I've year. been calling them terrible for two years, Jeff. You've got to get behind me. Well, that's a, well, you know what? I probably got my insight from you, McMullen, because <laughs> we talk about how bad teams all the time. We don't talk about good teams around. Yeah, well – Good teams don't interest me as much as bad teams. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're bored that the Eagles are good. It's kind of funny. And yeah. I, like you two football uh, geniuses, didn't think the Giants were going to make the playoffs either. I didn't know they'd be this bad. I, I don't know anybody. No, I didn't think they'd be the they worst be, team they in go the NFL. From, they go They're from the worst uh, team in the a, NFL. a playoff winning team the year before. To the worst team in the NFL. I don't know anybody predicted I, that. I no, I said they would be last in the NFC East and they'll be one of the worst teams in the league. That was one of my bold predictions. One of okay. <laughs> and the Patriots will win five games. I, I I might be wrong on that. They might you're, not you're, be you're going too high on the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Hey, uh, let me run this one by you. Who was it yesterday? Gave me this. Oh, it was uh, Zach uh, Galboy host uh, I am football with the tail end of his show. Bill Belichick next year coaching. The Los Angeles Chargers. That doesn't help Justin Herbert. It's better than Brandon Staley. The problem still remains. He can't who's, who's helping Justin Herbert? You know, Kellen Moore. Um, yeah, it's probably better than Joe Lombardi, but I mean, I don't Shane know. Steichen is the guy, Justin Herbert. That's the guy the Chargers should have hired as that coach. Justin Herbert. Loves Does anybody him. think the Chargers lose games because of Justin Herbert? Well, I'm right. sure people no. do. Well, oh, no, people do. If you go on yeah. X, they, they, they think Justin Herbert's a loser. Yeah. I, no, I don't know the only thing I'll say is he might be slightly overrated, but he's not a friggin' loser. He's a talent, and they lose because of their defense. That's why bringing in Belichick would not be a bad thing for the Chargers. Justin I had never even considered it. And I said yesterday, the one thing that would be bad would be, uh, I just don't see Belichick as a California guy. I know we saw a video of him this week with his shirt off, hanging out on a beach somewhere, but I, no, 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 no. That's not Bill Belichick. He's not an LA kind of guy, but that would be a massive upgrade for the Chargers if they get Belichick next year. Well, anybody's a massive upgrade over Brandon Stanley. Jody McDonald's a massive upgrade over Brandon Stanley. Uh, All right, I'm going to give you one, Jeff. If I tell you C.J. Stroud is the best rookie quarterback since, who are you going to go with? Well, Patrick Mahomes didn't play much as a rookie. How about – oh, man, this is – hold on. I got to think about this. Baron Cam Newton. Cam Newton had a good rookie year. 
Was, uh, I'm trying. Cam's rookie year, he stepped and, right in. Peyton threw 26 touchdowns, but he also threw 24. Yeah, yeah he threw a lot of picks. Yeah. Oh, man. He's very uh, good. He's very all right, John. Good. All right, John. Go. Go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Like, he's uh, very I, good. Yeah, uh, man. It's this is tough because th- there aren't that many rookie quarterbacks that legitimately yeah. should well, be in MVP conversations. Yeah. He's my point. He's another one. Now, people, Jody and I were talking about MVPs. Now, I only put it the, the MVP candidate as guys who legitimately have a shot to win the award. You know, I don't think he's got a legitimate I, shot to win the award. I, 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 I got my answer, but his career didn't turn out well. Robert Griffin. Oh, he had a oh that's, that's right. RG3 is a skin. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was tremendous. very good out of the box. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely deserves some MVP conversation in 2012. That's how good he was. Yeah, yeah. That's a good my, one. My my question for Johnny Mack would be about CJ Stroud. It flies in the face of his you gotta have an offensive minded head coach with a young quarterback. If you're gonna draft a young quarterback, develop a young quarterback. Oh, I said that's what I would do. I oh, I, I, I would what, always and I know D'Amico Ryan's obviously. So, so if you were the general manager of the Texans, you wouldn't have hired D'Amico Ryan's. Oh, no, I, I would never hire a I, – I, I say that I'm, – I'm, I'm above board on that. I, in this era, I would never hire – it's not fair. Well, we talked never... about Ben Johnson, right, as yeah. a head coach. Bobby Slonick should be a head coach. I love that hire when they brought him over for the 40 When D'Amico hired, that was his first hire. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder who his quarterback's going to be. Because I figured Young was going to go one, so Stroud would go two. I'm like, I'm really curious to see how that's going to work out because Stroud could throw and – yeah, it's working out really well. No, I, I also pay more attention to the leadership aspect of it. So, I, but but I want an offensive guy that understands the leadership aspect. He's got to be involved with the entire team. Uh, very similar to uh, Jalen Hurts as a quarterback versus Carson Wentz as a quarterback. Like Carson's ultra focused on the offense. Jalen's like, you know, they 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 bring in a, a practice squad linebacker. He's introducing himself he's texting welcome to the team you gotta have like a it's a very difficult job to hire but if you're hiring a scheme i don't know if ben johnson's going to be a great coach but that's a good name jody and you went number one for a reason because he's the the in offensive mind that's what people look for why do they look for that because offense is more important I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. I mean, Robert Sala, I think, is a great defensive coach and can't get over 500 as a football coach. Can't, but I, I think he'd be one hell of a defense coordinator if he ever, Jets ever let him go. Right, if he wants to go back to being a defense coordinator. We've seen too many guys in the league who are great coordinators who just should never be head coach. Because Dennis that's not, Allen. That's not that, their lane. Dennis Allen, the number one example. He sucks as a head coach. And by the way, if the Eagles go, I, I'm not even going to say win the Super Bowl, but if they go to the, uh, if they go to the Super Bowl, Brian Johnson is gone. He's one and done. Um, if they make the NFC Championship game, lose there, a little bit more wiggle room. He might be one and done. Brian Johnson might be one and done. Um, it's just the way it works. It would get who would be elevated then? Would they would they elevate Kevin Petulo? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, would it would it be Petulo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't see an outside the box hire. I, I, you know what? I think John, I actually think we're gonna get eight or nine head coaching vacancies this year. Yeah, it could be a lot, 
And that, we only have that, five that last. could be enough to get. Uh, I think Johnson's got more to prove. John's got him halfway out the door. I'm, I need to see more. Well, I said there. if they win. <laughs> right. You did, yeah, you did yeah, qualify it. If they yeah. make it to the well, you said Super, Super Bowl championship games. All right. So if they make remember, it to the NFC championship That's a lot game, that you're proving a lot. If you just, get to the just, just remember, Cinderella's stepmother coined if, by the way. If, if she got all her chores done, she well, yeah. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> So we said, if they, if they go yeah. out and lose um, every game after, no, he's not going to be the head coach. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to make a run towards the Super Bowl again. What changed, Jeff? You sit there as the puppet master, as an Eagles fan. You get to watch everybody. I would say because the, the good teams, and I'll put that in quotes, some are good, like the 49ers. Some are eh, like the Cowboys, as you mentioned, the Penn State or the NFL. I'm going to steal that. I love. Yeah, that. go ahead. You're, you're more than welcome um, to. Um, they all look good. You know, it's not fun when you're sitting back watching the teams that are supposed to be the contenders look good. Lines look good. Well, offensively, not so much defensively. Yeah. Um, basically, every potential playoff team won. Um, does that? Put some angst in you as an Eagles guy? Not really. I mean, the Eagles, in my opinion, they go three and two in their next five. They're going to get a home field. That's 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 just how I, I'm looking at the schedule. And look, they, you can control your own narrative here. You got Kansas City. Buffalo probably isn't going to be the game you think it is, although Josh Allen's a stud. Um, San Fran, again, if, if they go, even if they go two and three and beat – and their two wins are San Francisco and Dallas. <clears throat> they, they might be better off than going three and two because Dallas has won what, how many straight in AT and T Stadium? I think Jody? it's twelve. Twelve think, straight. Yeah, it's, it's twelve. 12 uh, by, by the way, I said that spread was too low. Seven, what was it? Seventeen and a half. I said it was too low. I said they win by thirty. They, yeah, they should have just put it did. at thirty. Yeah, forty nine is actually. I think they won by thirty one. And the Cowboys won by 32, but the 49ers win was much more impressive. Oh, much exactly. more impressive. They beat a good team. Although, if good I'm team on the road, I'm yeah, really road. disappointed in that performance if I'm Doug Peterson. I mean, it's it's one thing to lose, but the way they lost, I, I'm, I'd i be very disappointed. They weren't even competitive in that game. No. Trevor Lawrence looked awful. All right, forget the ex-Eagle coach. Jeff Carr, I got a question for you about the current Eagles coach. Last one for you today. If you had Nick Sirianni wired up, starting with the first meeting when the players return from their bye, which does he talk more about? Game 10, week 11, or rematch with the Kansas City Chiefs? Does he just narrow focus one game at a time? We know the coach speak and the like, and it's, hey, it's week 11. And then we'll have week 12. We just had week nine. Does he stay in that mode or... Does he have to tap into, you remember what happened last February? We were this close to taking on the Lombard. And who kept us from doing that? The Chiefs. Which does he lean more heavily on? Uh, the one week at a time or we owe this team, we got to get revenge. I feel like this is more of a revenge game for the Eagles front office and the Eagles organization than it is for Nick Sirianni, if I'm going to be quite honest. But I do think Nick does tap into the well and say, hey, look, we were, like you said, Judy, we were this close we were this close and 
this happened and this happened. And that was the team you watched win the championship last year on the same field you were playing on. I think it's I think it's definitely a motivational factor. You have a chance to go beat them in their stadium. I think Nick shows a video of, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes at his press conference or Patrick Mahomes hugging Britney or something like that. Or maybe, you know, Taylor Swift running over the Travis Kelsey in Argentina. And how, how, how disgusting of Travis Kelsey to leave Kansas City. How, how dare Travis Kelsey Not take off on his bye week. For a Super Bowl rematch, Jeff Kerr. Not even prefer. I, I, the Eagles have already won this game, as far as I'm concerned. You know what? My favorite sarcastic answer from <clears throat> players, and this is not just Eagles players, this is everybody around the league. You know, what kind of fun things you can do this all season? Oh, did you hear? I work out every day. I'm always watching. I'm Jimmy. Someone actually said to me, I'm Jimmy Butler. I'm the first one in and the last one out, and I only take an hour to sleep. <laughs> oh, my God. And oh, oh, by the way, and they might even be out. I haven't looked yet. But by, by, by uh, the way, John, I know it is a bad look, but how dare Kenny Gainwell check his phone? Yes. If, well, <laughs> now we're going over old ground. I'll look forward. Predictive here, even. Um, 77 and a half yards. Travis Kelsey against the Eagles next Monday night. You take an under or over, Jeff Carr? I'll take the over. Over. Despite the fact that he went to Argentina. No, I'm taking the under. Travis, uh, 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 Taylor Swift sucked everything. Uh, I shouldn't say that. All right, well, uh, now, she, now uh, I'm now I'm gonna have to uh, make you define that, Johnny Mac. Not what Taylor Swift did. Come on, are you being cynical? Are you being truthful? No, seventy-seven and a half yards for Travis Kelsey. I'm being completely cynical. Completely cynical. Uh, You know, maybe you thought that Bradley Roby was going to hold him to forty yards. Travis Kelsey is playing in the middle of the field against the back seven of the Eagles. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Done. Yeah. He so can, somehow, he can... somehow, I don't think his trip to Argentina is. No, he, he can stop off in, in Santiago on the way back in Chile. He can do yeah. whatever he wants. He's still yeah. going over yeah, 77. Yeah. You, you guys will enjoy this. So everybody gets so bent out of shape over the Taylor Swift, and that's all they talk about in the NFL. I said, yeah, well, try growing up 10 minutes from Taylor Swift, knowing people who know Taylor Swift, and hearing about her every day of your life since she was 10. So. It doesn't bother me when they she talk about that. Was that big a deal when you were in grade school? Oh, she she was a huge deal. She really, huge I just deal. don't understand the mentality of man. We go all the way. We're, we're talking Super Bowl. We got to go at Jeff Kerr CBS. Thanks, Jeff. Make sure you read Jeff. There does a tremendous job. Sorry about Penn State, but yeah, I'm I not. can't believe you know going all the way back to Gannon and the Super Bowl. I can't get through to people that these people don't think about football 24-7. They are human beings. They go home to their families. They go home to their girlfriends. They take vacation. They're human beings. Stop <laughs> treating them like video games. How, how dare they eat lunch, John McMullen? Uh, they eat lunch every day, by the Some way. Of these guys every eat day. Lunch, and that cafeteria is tremendous at the Denver. <laughs> you know where they get that crazy mentality from? I swear it's Dick Verbeel's fault because that's all Dick Verbeel did. To the point where he burned himself. I I I I've written a column about that in the past. I think Dick Vermeil, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. They they wear their their work ethic like a badge of honor sleeping on the couch you know alcoholism is a huge thing in this industry with coaches um 
Yeah, go home. Have a life. Steve Spurrier got it right. Doug Peterson got it right. Get out by 4 o'clock. Go play some golf. Um, you're going to be ready. More power I, I actually think Andy reworked himself a lot in his early years. I think he's really scaled back. Yeah, yeah. But he he likes still likes those nuggies. I see that commercial every other hour on yes, he does Jake like the nuggies. State Farm trying to get it. And by the there. way, Nick Sirianni, that's motivation. Nick Sirianni wants to beat Andy Reid. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. He does. You know, John, you and I know a famous quote Nick Sirianni said: "We can't beat on here." Yes, yeah, he wants but... to beat Andy Reid. Yep. he wants to beat everybody. That's and, true. He's very competitive. Even... I, I, I do, I do like Nick's fire when he plays uh, Kyle Shanahan tree. Even though they will crush me on the stream, my guy Dominique, who takes every shot that he possibly can on me, will do so here. Andy Reid, after the bye in his career, twenty-eight yep. and four. Twenty. Let me repeat that. This is not hating. This is just stating facts. Andy Reid in his career after a week off is twenty-eight and four. Nick Sirianni's got his work cut out for him. I'm not saying he can't beat the Chiefs. I'm just saying he... Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. He's running uphill this week. He can run hard. He can be motivated. He can really want it badly. It's a tough hill to climb playing Andy Reid after the week after a bye. 28 and 4, it speaks for itself. Thank God Travis Kelsey helped. I want to know what Patrick I want to know what Patrick Mahomes did this week while we're on the bye here. Uh, well, sure, ask he Brittany. Somewhere. Ask Brittany. She'll sure. know. Yeah, we'll uh, she she will know. She might have been at the concert. They're BFFs now. Yeah. Jeff Kerr, we appreciate you jumping in as you do every single Monday. We will talk to you. Uh we want to save Kerr for Tuesday after the game or get him up before the game. Well, we'll figure that out during the week. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jeff Kerr, have a good week leading up to the Eagles and the Chiefs. We'll talk to you sometime next week. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Uh, can't wait for this game already. Yeah, it's seven days away. Yeah, we got seven more days to wait. Thank Jeff you, Kerr Jeff. On, from CBSSports.com. All right, McMullen and McDonald, a.k.a. Mac and Mac, coming back. We got another good guest joining us. Going to be a little later next hour. We haven't had Zach Berman on in a while. He'll join us in hour number two on Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Got John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're still more than a week away from an Eagles game. You get through a Sunday, no Eagles. Now you got to wait all the way till Monday night before they play the Chiefs. And I did mention Andy Reid's 28 and 4 record uh, coming out of it. By the way, Nick Sirianni's 2 and 0. So he's got a better winning percentage. Nick Sirianni, 3 and 0, if you count postseason because they had a bye week leading into the giant game last year. And the 28 and four in the Andy record, that includes postseason where he's had a week off before they play. Oh, so okay. we should, we should give Nick All the right. same yeah, accord. We'll that but you're right. He is undefeated. Three is compared to 32 is a little bit of difference as far as the overall number goes, but undefeated's undefeated. If you're looking just at winning percentage, Nick's got a better winning percentage yes. than Andy does. Give him that he's got, much. He's got the best winning percentage of all time. Come up with a buy. Um, don't know if there's anybody that's better than three and a half. You can't be better than a hundred, though. Uh, understood. But uh, again, if, if somebody's five and oh and somebody's three and oh, is the guy three and oh the best winning percentage? He's tied for the best winning percentage. Yes, exactly. is tied, and then there's having the actual best winning percentage. Um, question for you, Johnny Mac Eagles and injuries. Cam Jurgens. Last week, some people, you and I included, thought that he was probably coming back. 
uh, not the case. They decided to flip to Tyler Steen as their starting right guard, knowing full well they had to buy the week after and they could protect him for another week. Uh, what do you think the percentage chance is that Cam Jurgens starts against Kansas City on Monday night? 98%. 98. All right, so we're leaving ourselves 2% wiggle room here. Yeah, 2% wiggle room only because, you know, maybe there is something wrong with us. But I always say, you know, players aren't doctors. So because they think they're okay doesn't necessarily mean they're okay. But the fact they started his window... They would only have one more week because it's a 21-day window. That doesn't take a pause during the buy. So um, he, uh, you know, he's got to be back. Um, and I imagine he's going to be back. But I leave that slight door ajar if they say, well, he needs an extra week. But I think that's why they skipped the week prior to the buy, to give him the extra week. So um, never go 100, so I'm going 98. Well, they could activate him and actually not play him. They, they, that seems very unlikely, yeah, but that's it's not, not impossible. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're taking in all possibilities that the practice window expires, yeah, they got to activate him, but they don't necessarily have to play. How do you think they graded out? Everybody's got their grades and how they evaluate. And the one that matters most is uh, the head president of Stoutland University. How do you think he graded out Steen in his one performance? I don't think he graded out well in pass protection. Um, I think he was fine as a run blocker, um, but and and it was a very difficult team to 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 pass block against, obviously and. There were situations where they put Mike inside, and you know people forget the the uh, um, the Cowboys have some other really good rushers as well. So it was a really difficult, and that was one of my criticisms of doing it. Same with Sidney Brown, the way they did it against Miami. I don't understand throwing guys into the fire. Now sometimes you have to. In this case, they didn't have to. They could have played Suo Peta, continued to go with that direction. So I was a little bit surprised. But, yeah, he wasn't good in pass protection. Looking back at it, I I, I, I forget what I, he was. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. 21.2 was his pass blocking grade by PFF. Now, wow. that's, that's terrible. terrible. That is that is a big red. Um, now I didn't think it was that bad because uh, I watched the game and I said, and I always like to watch the game first, rewatch the game. Obviously, I watch it live, but rewatch it before I look at the PFF grades because I like to gauge like how off I am or if they're seeing something different than me. And I said, wow, he wasn't good in pass protection. Then I looked there and they were like, yeah, he wasn't good in pass protection, but I didn't think he was that bad. Um, as they did, but overall, yeah, I, they, you know, that's a big red, red mark and I, it wasn't good. And, you know, that it, it was to the point where they're not, they're not going to play. Me. Speaking of PFF numbers, I did see these this morning. Um, Eagles grade for the first half since they've done their eight games. If you're just judging it. Each week, all total halfway through the season grade, 
not surprising, the worst Eagle graded was Jack Driscoll. That did not go well when he had to fill in this year. Uh, sorry to say, Jack, know the coaching staff loved you, but you got your chance and you didn't do real well. The second lowest graded Eagle is Jack Stoll. The PFF has <clears throat> graded him that poorly. And he plays. It's not like with Driscoll. He's coming yeah, off the bench. And, and that's in. why I was, I was about to say. I I, I don't even – because Jack doesn't play that much. I kind of throw those out because the sample size is so small. But he didn't play well in this one opportunity. <clears throat> but, yeah, to me, Stoll is more – Kenny Gainwell has also got a poor grade. Alameda Zacchaeus. The guys who play. Uh, Sue Opeta, which is the reason why they went to Tyler Steen. Those are the guys who played that have poor grades. Um, and, oh, by the way, Jack Stoll's uh, volume just opened up. Yeah. With Dallas got it out. If we're acknowledging Jack Stoll's a guy who plays because the Eagles play as much two tight ends as they do. Oh, now he is numero uno with Goddard out of the lineup. Yeah, they'll probably go to more four wide receiver sets, but – how oftentimes are they going to just go completely no tight end sets? You got any worries about Jack Stoll's role growing in a year where he's playing <clears throat> as badly as he is? Uh, well, I, uh, a little bit in the fact that he's not Dallas Goddard, but I we saw him last year in, in the stretch, and he's not going to catch the ball. I You know, he had seven receptions. In but the you, say, you say Jalen loves him. Yeah, Jalen trusts him, I say. You know, when he throws him the football, he trusts him. Um, and he caught – he had seven targets and he had seven receptions. Um, so he does – you know, if the ball comes his way, he's going to catch it. Well, and, how does, and I know this is a completely unfair question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. How does he grade out that bad? If he's well, that got was seven last targets year. and he's got seven catches no, that and was last year. That, is – that was last year when, when oh, Dallas last year. was out. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and, you know, but he's limited. He's not going to do much with it um, after, you know, yards after catch. Um, he's known for his blocking, and he hasn't blocked that well. So that's why his grade is so low. I think as he plays more, he'll probably get a better feel for it. I think that's the hope. But, yeah, he's got to play better. Um you know, and all those guys I mentioned. And defensively, the, the lowest guys are, are Ricks, and it doesn't surprise. Ricks, Job, Nolan Smith. Um, and, 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 boy, it's all DBs, man. Now, most of them have small sample size. Ricks has the – well, Job has the biggest, and Ricks has the second biggest. And then it's – well, Christian Ellis is in there. Nolan Smith, Roby's in there with his 55 reps. Uh, Goodrich obviously is in there. Makai Gardner, um, Sidney Brown with his 127. Um, and then Bradbury hasn't had a good year compared oh, to last yeah, year. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and then Byard and Terrell Edmonds, who's gone. It's all secondary people. And, you know, and right, and that that checks out. I mean, the secondary has been good. Now, uh, is Evans' practice window potentially open this week? Can he come back? This um, week? I have to double check on that. I'll double check on that in the break. I forget when he went on. Uh, let's see. 
not that I'm predicting he's going to be the savior, but you just ran down a pretty good list of guys whose PFFs, let's be honest here, stink. Can Evans be worse than that? What was we talking about earlier? The tallest midget in the circus, comparing him to others that are. No, you know, I think he was okay. Oh, uh, Roby. And I'm not saying Evans is even Roby, but that's at least a legitimate guy to put in the mix if he's healthy and ready to go. Is he? Yeah, a lot of people always forget about Justin. He was playing pretty well. Um, I'm I'm double checking. Well, I'm I'm forgetting when they put him on injured reserve. So. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, so um, let's see. Justin Evans, I'm doing it as we're speaking. But he has played uh, October 13th uh, is when he got placed on injured reserve. So now i got to look at the schedule. Um, oh, once we're past the 11, that's guaranteed for four games. He's got to be able to be. Um, let's see, October 13th was the Jets game was the 15th. So yeah, Dallas was the fourth game. So he is eligible, um, to open his practice window this week. Um, right. And I, I expect them to open it. Yeah. Um, now will he play now that's give and take. They, they're not as desperate at safety. You know, they didn't pick up Bayard. I would say, yeah, they're going to try to get him back as quickly as possible. But now, you know, who knows? But they'll probably activate his practice window. Hell, maybe today. Maybe as quickly as today, depending when people get back. But it's an extra day, probably. I I think that would probably be a pretty smart move. If he's good to go. It all comes down if he's good to go. Yeah. And sometimes we get a wrong read on that because... John, looks I haven't seen Justin. He, he tells you he's him good all, to go, so. and Cam Jerkins isn't good to go as part of the Eagles. So, no, Justin it, has said nothing, so it's much more difficult. I understood. haven't even seen him. So, um, that's that's I was giving you a pass for the whole Cam Jerkins thing because I believe he told you he was good to go, and he looked like he was good to go, and the Eagles decided he wasn't good to go. So, it's it's guesswork at best, and it would be guesswork with Evans this week, too. I'm just saying with the state of the Eagles secondary as it is, I didn't think I'd say this during the year. Damn, they need to get Evans back. But I'm saying, damn, they need to get Evans back this week if he's capable of going. Yeah, and he, he can play in the slot as well. He played uh, when, when he was with New Orleans last year. He played a lot in the slot. So he, he can help there as well um, if, you know, They've had so much turnover. Obviously, they want Roby to settle down in there, but if he gets hurt again, you know, maybe Justin Evans gets in the mix because I think we've seen enough of Eli Ricks in the slot and Cindy Brown in the slot. Um, no, it's not working. No, they uh, will attempt to get guys who have been in there before in the National <laughs> Football League played some slot corner. He's McMahon. I'm McDonald. Quickie timeout. We'll come back. Uh, Zach Berman's going to join us in about 25 minutes from now. Uh, we haven't had Zach on in a while. Uh, part of the new Philly website slash podcast outlet, P-H-L-Y. Uh, good to catch up with Zach. He's coming up at about 20 here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. 
Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got your MAGA Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We're going to get Zach Berman uh, to join us coming up in less than 20 minutes from now. So you certainly want to stick around for that. Uh, Johnny Mack, the matchup with the Chiefs, we're certainly going to do more of it over the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week, uh, game not till Monday night. Um, there was no reason to do it prior to, but at uh, some point during the week, we'll get into the nitty and the gritty of it. Just a very general question about the Eagles and how they're going to attack the Chiefs on Monday night. The matchup between the offense coordinator against the defense coordinator. They got a new OC in Kansas City. Their OC moved on to face the Eagles is already a couple times this year. The enemy down in Washington, but the guy they faced last year in the uh, Super Bowl is is a different guy. And the Eagles have a new defensive coordinator this year. And I've been more impressed than questioning Sean Desai. I like what he's done. I thought it was a tough job to step into because. Despite the fact that both you and I uh, are, are most times disagreed with when we say Jonathan Gannett did a good job when he was here. Uh, I know it's an unpopular position, but you you and I both stand there with J.G. He wasn't uh, near as bad as he was painted here in Philadelphia. 
How do you look at the matchup between the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs against the new defensive coordinator of the Eagles? Um, well, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are so Andy Reid-driven. This is very simil- similar to um, Nick Sirianni here to, you know, but he has the long history, as you mentioned, with the bye weeks. And so whether it's, you know, Eric Bieniemy or going back to the long history of Andy offensive coordinators, Doug Peterson winning the Super Bowl here and on and on and on, and how many have become head coaches. And Matt Nagy himself had been a head coach and now is back uh, with Kansas City. Um, it's all Andy-driven. So, And Andy's one of the best offensive minds in the history of football. Uh, and one of the best quarterback developers in the history of football. Um, and one of the best coaches in the history of football. So I think, and you saw Eric Bieniemy twice already this year, did a very good job with Washington against this Eagles defense. I think he's got a good feel for how to attack the Pangeo style of defense. But uh, as long as as long as Andy's there, they're going to be fine offensively. Um, and, you know, it's funny from the Kansas city standpoint, I think a lot of their fans, they're very similar to the Eagles in that they're winning games, but they're not getting the style points that people are used to and they don't like it. And I think that has more to do with the lack of receivers uh, on the outside uh, from their perspective offensively. Um, And I think that helps, um, the Eagles, because that's what they've been struggling with. The C.D. Lambs of the world, the Cooper Cups, the Justin Jeffersons, on and on and on. Uh, they don't have great receivers at this stage. And we've seen Andy dating back to Philadelphia when he didn't have great receivers. It becomes more difficult, more of a slog. But uh, Patrick Mahomes makes up for a lot, man. And, uh, yeah, he's the best player in the world, and it's it's fair to say that. And everybody's playing for second place right now. And, oh, by the way, Andy Reid, uh, very much in charge of player personnel in Kansas City, does it hand-in-hand with his buddy, who's the general manager and the like. Would you say they were negligent for building up the wide receiver room uh, during an offseason in which, of course, they're Super Bowl champions, so that gives you a lot of uh, leisure, a lot of leg room to deal with when you're coming off a championship, but they didn't really upgrade that room all that much shame on the front office shame on the coaching staff shame on the players you thought they upgraded and they just haven't delivered why do you think you're because the numbers tell the tale if travis kelsey wasn't there patrick mahomes wouldn't be patrick mahomes right now uh why why has the kensey wide receivers not uh, put up numbers and or been as productive as you would think a group would be when you got Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. Yeah, I think it's an indictment of the the receivers. You got to be honest about them. They got a lot of talented guys. They got a lot of athletic guys. And I think they were hoping for development from players like Kadarius Toney and, and, and Sky Moore, uh, who we know from the Super Bowl. And it just hasn't been there. Um, to the point that, you know, they went out and got McCole Hardman back, who's another similar player. There's a lot of redundancy to what they do as well, uh, but they can use. And they got, look, they got spoiled for a while with Tyreek Hill in that sort of 
ability to stretch the field vertically and horizontally at the same time. And that's what they, you could see that's what they were trying to do with those types of players, Tony, um, um, Sky Moore specifically, and now Hardman back. Those are sort of like, I wouldn't even say poor man's Tyreek Hills. I would say broke or homeless man. <laughs> trying to bring that to the offense. It just hasn't worked. And then Marquez Valdez, Scantling. They're not good. Rasheed, Rasheed Rice. They got a bunch, but they're not good. They're just not that good. It's not a good group. They aren't. And uh, since we have been continually worried about the Eagles in there as well, playing the slot, put whoever you want in the slot there. It's not that big. Like when they played the Cowboys last week, oh, they're going to put C.D. Lamb in the slot. He's in the slot most of the time anyway. They'll put him even more so. Any other wide receiver, you go, yeah, let's get him in the slot so we can match him up against Eagles corner. Well, who are you, Eagles who are you doing that way? Well, I think it was it was Tony and Moore, right, who they blew coverage on in the Super Bowl. Same guys are there now. If you blow coverage, you blow coverage, and those guys will make plays. If you make them make plays, you're probably going to be fine. Um, so – you got to play better, and that's where Roby comes in. And hopefully, his football IQ, his experience, is not going to make as many mistakes, um, and and things of that nature. But uh, you know, it, 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 it's 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 not a good group. And if, if if Patrick Mahomes can't elevate you, you're not a good group. And that's how I would define the the Chiefs receivers. Not that they can't make plays, though, because they're all athletes. And as 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 you saw in the Super Bowl, if you blow coverage, they're they're going to hurt you. Uh, but if you play sound football, they're probably going to struggle a little bit. Let me ask you this, and I should remember this, and I don't. And that's why I'm apologizing, but also asking. Nick Bolden, their linebacker, kind of made a big play in the Super Bowl. Kinda. Well, yeah. just skipped it uh, to him, but it was a big play. It was. Uh, he, what Didn't say it was a hard play, but it was a big play. Sorry, Jalen. He's a um, good player. He's a good player, though. IR, is he due back? How many weeks has he missed? He's been out a couple of weeks for the Chiefs. I don't know the timing of that exactly. I asked you about an Eagle player, which I should have known, and I didn't. You had to look up as well. I thought he was already back, but I haven't got Is he back so already? No, I think I, he's still... Uh, uh, I think I he's still on IR. He might be. I haven't done, obviously, there's no injury report. There won't be an injury report until Thursday. Right. Um, yeah, October 25th, he had a wrist uh, injury out for two months, so he's still out. Yeah, he's, oh, he's not really? Gonna two months? Yeah, he's not going to oh, be I thought it Dislocated was... wrist, October 23rd. Um. You know, they projected two months. So, yeah, you should be good. But no, you're not going to be back till the playoffs. If that's the yeah. case, that's 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 a plus for the Eagles because uh, I think he's an underrated linebacker. I think most people consider him one of the better linebackers. I'd put him top five or six in the entire league. I think he's that good. So if he's out of that lineup, that's something the Eagles can take advantage of. All right, J Mac, uh, if you know, 
what's the Eagles scheduled it? I know I do this to you all the time, and you got to look. No idea, Jody. No I got idea. no idea. They're the Eagles. They tell us when they damn well feel like it. You got any guesses as to when they're going to go back to work? How many practices are going to run? How many? Well, the practices. Are yeah, I mean the practices are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, that's uh, it's Unless, just of course, back. they have a walkthrough, which they oftentimes do. Well, they might have a walkthrough, but either way, they consider that uh, a, a practice. I, I would imagine they would practice on the field uh, uh, regularly, not a walkthrough because of the bye week, but even that I wouldn't count on. I think Nick likes not having the media there. You don't have to have the media at walkthroughs. Right. Um, That's why I asked. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday are the practice days. I I, I think they gave the players off um, until Wednesday. So um, now the coaches, I expect to be back uh, probably, if not t- today, tomorrow. Um, but yeah, they're human beings. They took vacations. They had a vacation. They took vacations. And eight and one. You know, it's tough to be a hard ass when you're eight and one. Yeah. All, all of a sudden. You, you start looking like a, a dick to the team if you say, look, coach, we got the best record in football. It's kind of tough. Um, but it is what it is. And I, you know, I, I, um, I will never win that battle trying to explain to people that 15-minute phone calls during Super Bowl week are not a big deal. Um, bi-week vacations are not a big deal. Um it's just they're, you know, some fans are hyper focused on their favorite football team, and your favorite football team isn't as hyper focused as you, is how I would describe it. And oh, by the way, you don't, as hyper focused as you may be, you don't spend 24 7 on Eagles business as a big time fan. You get on with the rest of your life. You go to work. You go to vacation. You, I, go to I, I, you eat I, I got so many errands I got to do every day. do not day. eat meals yeah. and or go on vacation, but yet yeah. you do. So you're 100% right about that, Johnny Mac. It's, it, it's not right. It's not fair. But uh, they are going to get back to work at some point. And when they do, you, you kind of touched on this with Jeff Kerr earlier. Why do you think, uh, other than he lost the last game of the season to him last year, uh, the relationship between Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid? We know how far back it was well covered going into the Super Bowl that Andy Reid is one of the guys who gave Nick Sirianni a chance in this league. Um, how how deep does that run that Sirianni wants to, Sirianni slash needs to beat Andy Reid? I think, and and Nick, Nick, Andy let Nick go, but it doesn't stem from that. Nick was a coach and was an assistant in Kansas City, and obviously Andy got the job. They were coming off a two and fourteen season, so Nick was like, "Well, of course they're going to fire me." Uh, and it's not, you know, that's why he happened. had company on that staff yeah. being told your services are no longer needed. That's 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 what happens when you're on two and fourteen teams. I mean, so he doesn't hold that against Andy Reid or anything of that nature. I just think Nick is very competitive as Jeff said he does it same thing with Mike McDaniel like he's got no relationship he does not like the way the the media that he doesn't pay attention to uh treats other coaches and act like they walk on water 
and they kind of say, eh, Nick's got a good team. Nick's got this. Nick's got Nick doesn't call plays. And, you know, he does not like he uses that. Like we good go back him. to when he, when he when when he said that we'll make stuff up. Yeah, he makes stuff up. And so Andy's obviously a legend and he wants to beat Andy Reid because and Andy is a yeah, that's a lot different than Mike McDaniel. Mike's doing a nice job, but Mike's it, Andy's been around the block once or twice. He's one of he's he's no question Hall of Famer at this stage, one of the best coaches of all time. So yeah, he wants to be in that realm and he wants to be thought of like Andy Reid and he's got a long way to go. He's off to a good start, but he does not like when everybody gives coaches their flowers and he's not getting his flowers in a different way when they were thrown at him early in his tenure here, when flowers were thrown at him. No, And he felt the need to talk about flowers and plants and use that as motivation for his team. Hey, whatever works for you, coach. Uh, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are Mac and Mac Birds 365. All right, we're going to take a time out here. We're hoping that Zach Berman is good to jump on with us uh, within the next three or four minutes. Um, had some work he had to do, but said he'd try and get in for the last 20 minutes of the show. So uh, let us hope that Zach Berman from PHLY is up with us next year on Birds 365. You stay right there. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. 
Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Guys, here on Bird Street 65. We're hoping Zach Berman jumps in during the last 20 minutes here to today's show. Uh, Danny Mac, a phrase that's used a lot headed into the bye week, which I want to tap into your expertise here, is a phrase we should basically use all year long. It's kind of their job, but it now focuses and it gets uh, more scrutinized during the bye week, quote unquote, self-scouting. Everybody should be self-scouting every single day of the year, as a matter of fact. That's that's kind of under your job heading of what you do as a head coach, as an assistant coach, as a whatever coach you are. If that's your job is to coach up the players, you should be self-scouting you, yourselves, them, your fellow coaches on a day-in, day-out basis. But when you don't have an opponent coming up for over two weeks, it gives you a little bit more latitude to maybe widen the focus. After doing all this self-scouting, what do you think the Eagles have focused on most as to something they need to improve for the second half of the season? Ah, boy. I mean, it's so obvious with the, with the back seven. I mean, I hate to go there. Um, there, there are a number of things they want to clean up. As I said, I, I think they want to run the football better in a traditional fashion. Um, obviously they've struggled a little bit there without the threat of Jalen hurts, but, they really got to calm down the back seven on defense. And, and, you know, part of that is look injury related. We talked about situations. Everything's about situations. Everything's week to week 49ers losing three games in a row with no Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. All of a sudden two players come back and they look like world beaters. They look like the best team in the world. Um, it, everything's about situation. And anytime you lose multiple, players at at the same position it becomes a slog and it's been that and more in in the first half of the season for the eagles but the good news is they find ways to win games even with all these issues and um but you want to calm that down i think the easiest way to calm that down is to get experience on the field and that's bradley roby along with kevin byard improving um at the safety position and getting more comfortable I think he calmed down some of the issues. Not to say they're terrifically talented. You'd rather have Avante Maddox. You'd rather have, to be honest, a healthy C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, but they don't have that anymore. Um, so you got to make do. And they've been making do pretty well, I would say, to this point. Yeah, the bad news is on the slide corner, Avante Maddox is not coming through that door. He is done for <laughs> no. the year. Yes, the 49ers knew they were getting Debo Samuel back. They were hoping they'd get Trent Williams back. They got them both back in one week after a bye. After a bye, the Eagles still aren't getting Avante Maddox back. We'll see if Bradley Roby is all that in a bag of chips or 50 snaps so far over two games. I hope that's the case because 
they are putting some pretty heavy eggs in his basket. Just not this week. And it is amazing that we can talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champion, with Patrick Mahomes and go, yeah, but their wide receiver room doesn't scare me. But that's, that's how I feel about the Chiefs coming into this game. It's, it's all yeah. going to be about Kelsey. It, it just stone cold amazes me week in and week out. And I know it's a good system. And I know he's a great route runner. And I know Mc, Mahomes puts it on him every single time. But how the hell that guy ever gets open? Knowing full well that he is their first choice, second choice, and third choice to throw to on any given play. How the hell do you not double team him? I guess it's against you just don't double team guys every single play. But I think about it with him in Kansas City this week. Um, yeah, I mean, well, great players tend to figure out a way, and he's a great player, he's a Hall mm -hmm. of Fame player. Um, and it's easier said than done. Sure, they're gonna double team him. Um, and everybody double teams him. Um, uh, Zach, by the way, is logging in right now. So hopefully we get him in a couple minutes, but, um, and there he is popping up. Good to see you. Zach Berman. Um, welcome back to the program. Good to see Zach. Uh, first time moving over from the athletic to all Philly, all P H L Y.com still doing the same tremendous job covering the Eagles. We were talking about the self-scout, Zach. So if I'm putting you on this coaching staff, you're you're Nick Sirianni's right-hand man. What does your self-scout tell you first? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Sorry, I'm, I'm late. Tardiness is like a thing that I've given my so well, that's why I was worried. Yeah, but, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, uh, if I was Sirianni's right-hand man, I probably I probably would be showing up like two, three minutes late to something too. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, so my self-scout, what would it tell me is, frankly, that their receivers are outstanding and that, any, you know, there's, there's calls to run the ball. There's calls to spread the ball around. There's no rule against throwing the ball to A.J. Brown more. There's no rule against throwing the ball to Devontae Smith more. Uh, so, th so that would be the big thing that jumps out is, is take advantage of generational talents at, at wide receiver. I, I mean, I think back, and, and you know this well, John, like we've covered teams when Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward were the top wow. options, right? <laughs> now they have A.J. Brown has over 1,000 yards in week nine. Uh, it is absurd to think about. So that'd be one thing. And then on the, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they, they need to get some semblance of stability in the secondary. And I think Bradley Roby will be a big part of that. When Roby's healthy, and, and from what I understand, only after the bye here, uh, having him in the slot, it'll allow you to try to get continuity with Slay and Bradbury on the outside, Kevin Byer, Blankenship at safety, and Roby in the slot. And in that group there, you have experienced players uh, who can communicate well, who know situational football, and I think that will be really beneficial for the group. Bayard was the key leading up to the trade deadline addition from Howie Roseman, who always seems to know what strings to pull leading up to it. Okay, the first two weeks, certainly got to cut him some slack, joining a new team, learning new teammates, and Eagles defense being what it is, which is so based on communication, and he just not being used to playing with these guys. Week off, another week, should the expectation level be raised on Bayard going into this game against the Chiefs? 
Sure. Based on the track record, Jody, that's that's definitely the case, right? That you you need to expect him to be a relatively high level player. That said, you 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 always need to recognize this when you trade for a veteran. It's it's not as if Howard Roseman was the only one who who knew you could that you could get Kevin Byer, you know, right? Like there was this this big applause for getting him at the price that they did. The the league knew he was available. This was what the market said he was worth. It was the same thing, you know, with Robert Quinn last year and Golden Tate, and you you go through all these trade deadline acquisitions. Uh, so there's there's a part of that that, that has to say that the league saw a, you know thirty year old safety and recognize that that this is the value so uh, so it needs to be kept in perspective that you might not be getting the player from two seasons ago but i still think he's certainly an upgrade over terrell Edmonds, and that will come to bear over the next few weeks um first of all zach to to rewind to yourself scout i i, I want to give you credit because i think too many people don't focus on the good they focus on the bad like everybody's saying the back seven's got to settle down you mentioned with bradley roby kevin byard getting more comfortable um a lot of people talk about the the running game and and to me the traditional running game um jalen hurts not being that plus one because of the knee injury or not being as effective threatening the opposing defenses, I think it made it really hard for the Eagles to run the football. I don't think they're particularly good running the football in a traditional fashion. But so what? If you're that good on the outside, this is what I love. I I argued with the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't throw the ball to C.D. Lamb enough. And Mm -hmm. he caught... I think 11 passes for whatever the Eagles couldn't do anything with them. There's no rule that says you can't stop AJ Brown. Keep yeah. feeding them the football. I love that thought process. And I think the Eagles should get there at least until Jalen hurts is feeling more comfortable and people are threatened by his presence in the running game again. Yeah, you're, I I agree with you there, and you know I, I see this in the in the NBA all the time, right? In terms of in terms of usage rate, if 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 a player is scoring, keep keep giving them the ball, you know, you know, keep letting them score. That's uh, that's the objective. I remember talking to someone after the Lions game week one last year, AJ Brown's first game. I think he had I think he had sixteen targets, and someone said to me, you know, that's that's a high number of targets. I said. He caught eleven of them, right? It should have been twenty targets based on on how on how successful they were when they threw to him. Uh, yeah, but as far as the running game, Cam Jurgens, I, I do think will have an impact there. But the biggest thing is is Jalen Hurts. The running game is built around Jalen Hurts. I've heard John's line over the years that it's a it's it's a Jalen Hurts based offense. And when defenses need to recognize that that Jalen can 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 tuck and run. Uh, that there's that plus one in the running game, it simply changes the math. And they haven't had that in recent weeks. All right, ZB, if you're buying into this, if a lot is good, go with more because it's even better. Are you putting Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat out there even more than they have? Because their loads have increased to previous years. They're both killing it. BG had a big game last week, more power to him, But... The other Nolan Smith and Derek Barnett's of the world haven't contributed all of a lot. Are you giving the Eagles two stud defensive pass rushers even more snaps over the second half of the season? 
that's when I, I would say no on. I mean, if, if you gave them more snaps, they'd be playing every snap basically because their their uh, their playing time is much higher than you typically see for a rotational position. And you you do want them both fresh for January and February. Uh, and it is a position where you're you're playing four guys, five guys. I think you need to see more from Nolan Smith in the backstretch of the schedule. He's the number 30 overall pick in the draft. He has athletic gifts. We saw him during training camp. I thought played real well in camp. Now, it's different when you're going up against a second-string 13 offensive tackle uh, than when you're in a, a live NFL game. That said, he's he's not – you know, and I understand what you do in practice is, is how you get those reps in games. But – it's hard to get, you know, real productive pass rush reps when you're playing seven, eight snaps a game. I think that, and you saw with, with Derek Barnett inactive uh, last week, uh, I imagine Smith is going to continue to work his way up the rotation. I think Smith needs to start getting 15, 16 snaps a game, and then there will be a clearer picture of where he is at this juncture of his rookie season. Uh, Eagles obviously won't get back on the practice field till later in the week, Zach, but uh, this is a big one. Uh, rematch of Super Bowl 57. Uh, Chiefs, Eagles, Monday night football. Uh, Eagles coming off a bye, you would think, hey, that's that's good. You get a little bit extra time for the coaching staff to prepare, but guess what? Andy Reid's coming off a bye. Nobody in the history of football is better coming off a bye week than Andy Reid. Nick Sirianni tapped into Andy Reid about how he prepares for bye weeks uh, earlier in his tenure. Everybody wants the secrets uh, to what Andy Reid does. I say that to, I get the sense, and I, I want to see if you get the sense. I think Nick is fueled by other coaches who get their flowers from the media or Nash, whether it was Mike McDaniel and he was the flavor of the month or Andy Reed, a certain future hall of famer. He's such a competitive guy. I think that fuels him. Do you get that same sense with, with Nick Sirianni? Certainly. Uh, it's, it's a good point. I think it's more relevant with, you know, your Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, some of the, the young play calling types, <laughs> Andy Reid's in a different in, yeah. in a different year. I think with Andy Reid, it's 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 more he he has such a big part of this organization. You know, you you, you look at the past twenty five years, a lot of it was shaped by Andy Reid's thinking and Andy Reid's approach. I, I mean, Andy Reid was literally there for the construction of the Nova Care Complex, right? Uh, so there, that's a a big shadow, no pun intended, there. That, that, that kind of looms within the organization. Uh, but I, I do think that Nick Sirianni nationally and perhaps even locally deserves a lot more credit. And a lot of credit seems to go to the play callers. Uh, and, and that is a big part of the success of, you know, the Rams over the years and the Dolphins now. But what Nick Sirianni does exceptionally well is be a head coach of a football team, right? He manages the team. He, he knows the personalities. He knows the locker room. He's, you know, situational football. Getting them prepared Monday to Saturday. There's so much that goes into it that he does well, and that tends to get overlooked based on, you know, if you can call a good play on third and eight. All right. This is one that I'm going to give the Eagles 
coaching staff credit for it, basically since Sirianni came in. And it's something you don't want to do, but you have to do. And the Eagles haven't, I think, been good good at it. Judging and being ready for the worst case scenario. If the Eagles lose a linebacker in the game on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs, who's coming in? I know it's a worst case scenario. You don't want to think about yeah. losing a linebacker since you just <laughs> lost one last week with Dean going out. Christian Ellis going to come in and save yeah. the day. How did the Eagles man the linebacker position? We know the two starters are going to be, but if there's an injury in game, where do they go, Zach Berman? Yeah, they would go to Christian Ellis in, in, in that situation. Uh, and, you know, he's he's played meaningful special team snaps for them. He's gotten some defensive work. Uh, but let that be your biggest problem, who your backup linebacker is. You know, I, I, I remember talking to someone in that building one time uh, going into a year after the Super Bowl, and I was saying, you know, what are you doing about depth at this spot? And, and he said to me, if depth at that spot's our biggest problem, then we have a damn good roster. And uh, I, I think that's I think that's the case here. So, yeah, I, I understand the question with Dean being down. It would be Christian Ellis. But if you're counting on your backup linebacker saving the day, then you probably uh, aren't a good enough team elsewhere. I, I think with the way their pass rushes and the way their back their 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 corners are, that's the way this defense is built, and that's what they yeah, need to rely. But just let me add this: it's Andy Reid. Uh, some coaches I wouldn't have a worry about that, yeah. but Andy Reid is that good that he's going to recognize where you are down a little mm-hmm. bit, and he's going to try and take advantage. Some weeks I wouldn't worry about you. Right? Yeah. Come on, it's linebacker. Um, but against yeah. an Andy Reid coach team, you got to be careful with that stuff because he'll find a way to take advantage of you. Just at uh, at Z Berm, make sure you follow Zach on Twitter. That hasn't changed, but you can read him now at all Philly all p h l y dot com. Uh, does a tremendous job there. He and our buddy Bo Wolf still have the podcast as well, the Philly Eagles podcast. You can watch that daily. Um, yeah, it's difficult. How about doing that every day, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learning from you guys for sure. Yeah. Um, I, 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 from from the perspective you just mentioned, uh, and you're right. If you're worried about backup linebacker, that's kind of what we do. We always because this team is so good. As as has this validated Howie's philosophy of, of devaluing certain positions, linebacker, running back, most notably, at least asset wise, mm-hmm. versus building. Offensive front, defensive front, obviously you need the quarterback. It's a copycat league. Everybody says that. Why don't more teams copy what the Eagles do when it comes to foundational building of a roster? It's 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 a great question. I, I would say maybe it's it's public pressure. Uh, maybe it's it's because it's you know it's it's not the sexy pick on draft day sometimes when you take another offensive tackle or you take another you know, interior defensive lineman, but but the reality is it it bears itself out. Uh, I mean, we've seen over the past 25 years, frankly, but especially in these past few years that when the Eagles close out games, it's with their pass rush. And every year around draft time, there's a speculation. Are they going to draft this running back? Are they going to draft this, this linebacker? I'm always saying, like, history's yeah. your guide here. History's yeah. your guide. They're gonna take. They're gonna take a guy on the O line. They're gonna take a guy on the D line. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's worked well for them. And oh, by the way, other teams have actually tried 
They just don't pick the right guys. The Eagles almost always pick the right guys, which Howie should get credit for as well. Z Berm, we appreciate you jumping back into the fray today. Give Mr. Wolf our regards. Thank you very much. All the luck with the new venture, bud. And we appreciate uh, you hopping on Birds 365. I appreciate that. If I can throw in something real quick for uh, 10 seconds, I, I know Derek Gunn's on, on your network. Yes. Here. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, ha- has had a big part in my career. I was on TV with him for six years. I'm thinking of him and his family right now, and I just wanted uh, to make sure I put that out there. Thanks for Thank having you, me on. Zach. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and for those who want to help D Gunn, go fund me. Make sure you search on, on Derek Gunn. Uh, obviously, his wife uh, has a difficult road ahead. And we're all thinking uh, of D Gun, but that's the kind of guy Zach Berman is, man. He sneaks that in there. Yeah, he's, he does it. And I—that's why if Zach's a minute late, I'm worried. You know, because really? he's never yeah. late to anything. Tom Coughlin would have found him, but we're no. going to cut him some slack because we're just not that hard ass as uh, some others are. But uh, thank you, Zach, for coming on, and yes, thank you again for uh, putting out the well wishes for our guy D Gun. Um, appreciate whatever Zach cops on looking forward to getting them again, uh, coming on down the road. We thank Jeff, uh, Kerr from hopping on earlier today. I'm going to be here tomorrow. McMullen will be less than a week from an actual game. Are the Eagles ever going to play? It seems like forever since Eagles played, they are going to play again. Yeah, man. Entered, uh, entered the weekend, best record in the NFL exited the weekend, best record in the NFL. They got to earn it next week. Do you have your travel plans in place for Kansas City? Uh, not yet, but I'm planning on being that, there. That's that's another given, McMullen, not having the travel right. plans more than a week in advance. There, there are a lot of givens here, some things we make up as we go along. We will make it up for you again right here on Birds 365 tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.